0: Episode number 15 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Every important decision you'll make about your future ties to your personal mission. Can you share it concisely with someone? We're going to talk about creating a personal mission statement in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. This is the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, welcome back to Reinventure Me, the podcast where we talk about what's next in life. This is Larry Gates and, and I'm here with Armin Asadi and uh, we were just uh, having a few chuckles because we're having a challenge <laughs> getting this episode off the ground. So many takes just to do a simple introduction and... <laughs> We hope that uh, that doesn't haunt us for the rest of the time that we're here. <laughs> but we want to help you find your next great beginning. That's what this podcast is all about. We believe right. that you should never stop asking the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's right. So if you feel defective because you haven't figured out what you want to be when you grow up, you've come to the right show. Because <laughs> okay. this is where right us team. defects <laughs> actually rationalize the fact that we should never stop talking about what we... Indeed. <laughs> Last time in episode number 14, I mean, we talked about how to develop your personal vision. Right. We went through four steps. Uh, maybe just review those four steps.
1: Sure. Just. Yeah, it involved four phases. So one was reflection, getting out of the fast pace. Yeah, that's hard. Yes, yes, especially if you're me. Two was socialization, so getting input from our community or the people that you're surrounded by. Right. Three was experimentation, which is getting involved in what fascinates us. And then finally was the fourth one, which was observation, getting aware of how it affects us all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that observation part is so
0: critical because mm-hmm. we can maybe take some time to reflect on what's going on, we can maybe talk to other people about it, and we might be able to experiment with some different things to do, but if we don't reflect on why it's not, or we don't observe why something might or might not be a good fit for us, we never make the change. Well, during that right. reflection section last time, we talked about in that time of reflecting and getting out of the stream of things, it's a good time to think about creating a personal mission statement.
1: Right. And and I like the process, which is you always want to go vision first, mission next. Because yeah. Because the mission speaks to the long-term vision. Yeah. So hence the process of talking about personal vision, now personal mission.
0: That's good. And we want to kind of drill it down and get really practical in today's episode, right down to how do you construct a personal mission statement? Right. You'll find the show notes on this at reinventure.me slash one five. In fact, we're going to share some things some tools that you'll find on the website that might help you with this. But before we dive in, I want to get a little bit of inspiration. <laughs> we love our little inspiration tune here because it gets us fired up, ready to charge, right? <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, today's Inspire Me quote comes from Erwin McManus. He's a founder of Mosaic Church in Los Angeles. Armin, have you been out to see his church?
1: I haven't, but I really love what he's doing out there and uh, my wife being an artist... She would love his church. Yeah, he has quite a collection, eclectic collection, I would yes, say, exactly. of people that are in his
0: church, and he is one of the visionary pastors, I mm-hmm. believe, and mm-hmm. uh, we talk about creating a vision. It's uh, appropriate that we have a quote from his book, Seizing
1: Your Divine Moment. Why don't you share that with sure. us? Sure. Um, Erwin McManus said, the unique way God has designed you with talent, intellect, gifts, personality, and passions informs you about how that service will be expressed. But don't look for God to fill in all the blanks. Don't wait for him to remove all the uncertainty. Realize he may actually increase the uncertainty and leverage all the odds against you just so that you will know in the end that it wasn't your gifts, but his power through your gifts that fulfilled his purpose in your life. Mm, That's so good. I love that. Yeah, that's so good. Because we often think that
0: when God is for something, it will be easy. Right. And Erwin McManus here is saying it's possible that he's increasing the uncertainty. He's increasing the challenges that you might feel about putting your own mission mm-hmm. statement together, your own vision for your life. Right. Because he wants you to know that it's from him and not from you.
1: Right. Creating a, uh, even a greater dependence on him than rather than just on yourself pulling more on his call than your personal desire maybe yeah yeah well mission is a
0: very powerful thing it's a very motivating thing Mm -hmm. it gets you going and can keep you going and remember the blues brothers saying we're on a mission from god
1: (laughs) that's right (laughs) they they were they were relentless uh do you have a personal mission statement i I do and uh some some guy named larry kind of helped me come up (laughs) with it by the way i don't know if you met him yet yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. I My- haven't. I, <laughs> I keep trying to avoid it. <laughs> but mine is just challenging mediocrity to inspire greatness in others. But I will say this: the mine was initially what three sentences long, and then I sent it to you, and then you helped me narrow it down to one sentence. So I should be asking you. Where were you on this, all this advice that we we're about to give? Where were you when I, when I was needing it? You just let me flounder around for days. I, know, I, don't, I don't know. I think you already had quite
0: a lot of your work already
1: done for oh, you. You just, want,
0: you just needed a few words thrown out.
1: It was a struggle. That took a long time. to. Come well, up writing with
0: a personal mission statement is a struggle, yeah. and it does take a long time. And I think that's precisely why so few people do it. Mm-hmm. I wrote a post on how to write a personal mission statement, and one of the comments on the post was, You know, I never thought about doing that for myself i 've done it for businesses <laughs> you know right. and you expect a business to have a mission statement right. I like the mission statement I saw in a small business. I walked in it was a retail shop, and it says on the back wall. Our mission is to make money.
1: <laughs> it, <laughs> it's not a good it mission. It seems very <laughs> self-empowering, doesn't it? Yes, right. our, our whole
0: mission is just to make money.
1: Okay. I think that's kind of a definition of a business, isn't it? It's not much for it's a mission. It's honest. It's honest. <laughs> it, it, I'll give them that. You give them it for <laughs> honesty. <laughs> yeah. That's but what right. is your personal mission statement?
0: Well, in, in, in like uh, fashion, I had a lot of words, too, and I tried to bring it down. And in fact, it's probably more than I still need. And it took a long time for me, but mm. where I'm sensing God moving me in my mission is to rouse the extraordinary and powerful mission in people and business. Mm. And there's something about being able to work with individuals in finding their next great beginning and also with businesses to identify what is their mission and how do we develop their vision and where they go. So mm. it has both a corporate and a personal element to it that I like.
1: Yeah. You've been around a lot of people, Mm -hmm. and um, you've seen a lot of people who haven't had a mission statement uh, or had a mission for their personal lives. What kind of impact have you seen them have on people who don't have a mission statement or have a mission for their own personal lives? What kind of impact have I seen on the people themselves that have one? Yeah, that don't have one.
0: Oh, that don't have one. Well, uh, I could best maybe describe how I felt before I put mine together. Right. In many ways, floundering. Yeah, Because you're not exactly sure what it is that you're supposed to do. And in some ways, ignorance is bliss when you don't really realize that there's a better way. You just kind of uh, go with the flow. Mm-hmm. And I would say in my early years in the workplace, and um, even as a, a believer, I, didn't, I don't think I really grabbed a hold of what the value was of a personal mission statement. Yeah, And so I missed that and was floundering and confused and i think when then opportunities came up i wasn't sure how to decide amongst them
1: right on that's ex- i mean it's so funny that you say floundering cuz when you when you and i first met i mean you found me in my floundering stage mm. transitioning out of ministry thinking do i really want to go back into that or do I want to enter in the marketplace? And I and that's that's exactly where you found me, was right. in the reinventing myself phase, basically, and didn't know how to and didn't know what my mission was anymore all of a sudden. so
0: Yeah, and this is one of the most critical aspects of reinventuring mm-hmm. that you can do is to develop your mission statement. You see, I think the hardest time to develop a personal mission statement is two times in a person's life, I mm-hmm. think. When they get out of college yeah. or they get out of high school, if they don't go to college, right? where you have that structured learning environment, you know what's expected of you year mm-hmm. in, year out, and then all of a sudden all that stops and you're out into the big wide world where mm-hmm. all the options are open to you. Yep. And now the question is, are you going to be on a plan, on a mission that you have or one that somebody assigns to you? Exactly. You know, And so that's a hard time because the options are so vast and yet, your experience in evaluating those options are so limited. Mm-hmm. So, it's really hard, I think, for post college or post high school graduates. Yeah. The second time that I think is really hard is after you've been in a career for some time and you're used to thinking about yourself in a certain way, and then you say, This isn't where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like someone said, The worst thing is not when you've climbed the ladder. But when you climb the ladder and it's not on the right wall, Mm. you know? Yeah. So you climbed the wrong ladder. Yeah. And there are many people that decide, hey, all that time I invested is not really a good use of my gifts. Yeah. I I was doing it for someone else. I was doing it for a reward. I was doing it for something that isn't really about the gifting that I have, the mission that I have. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to develop your personal mission statement then as well, because you have so much of your past that you carry with it. And it's kind of like... I don't know what to do next because I've only know what I've done.
1: Yeah. No, I I could give many examples, especially out of the church world, but we won't get into that. So what's mission construction like?
0: Well, it's not you know, even it's one of the hardest things to do, it's actually very simple because it's just a sentence. That just made me mad that you said (laughs) I just want you to know I just got mad. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, you know, break it down to its elemental things and it's not as frightening. It's subject, verb, object. You know, my mission is to do blank for or with blank, right? Yeah, we're,
1: seriously, where <laughs> were you when I was doing? It? You just let me flounder for like a week. <laughs> well, you know,
0: to be honest, those blanks are where the challenges come in. You know, that's what true. am I supposed to do, and who am I supposed to do it for or that's with? True. You know, yep. those are the hard things you have to define. But the statement itself, which can feel very weighty and can feel like that's the thing I don't know how to do, right. is fundamentally very simple to construct. But we might stare at a blank piece of paper and try to figure that out and try to write that, I'm sure as you did when you crafted yours. Yep. And it takes so much mental energy because you're trying to answer these questions, and sometimes you're trying to answer them all at once. Yep. Instead of thinking through sequentially how they can be answered. And then your brain just gives up because it goes into
1: overload. Yeah, because you instantly go into composing sentence or a paragraph or... Whatever, and yeah,
0: then, it starts to get lofty, or you follow a rabbit trail and you go, yeah. "That's not me," or you know, and then you get too many ideas or not enough, or it just know?
1: sounds good, it doesn't really represent you, and it, then you realize you're writing it to impress other people rather than to inspire yourself. but yeah, I could yeah give a laundry list, And it's like writing anything if you want to write
0: something and write it well, mm-hmm. it's like bleeding on paper.: Ooh, I like that. It's like you
1: bleeding know? on paper, huh, I love that.
0: Yeah, someone once said that writing isn't hard. You just stare at a blank screen until you bleed to death. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wasn't thinking that's what they were saying, but that's still funny, though. Uh, In any case, we can start out, and we try to construct the sentence, and then we get bogged down in trying to come up with us in the sentence. Yeah. And then we think, oh, uh, why do I need this? Mm -hmm. You know, there are other more important things you can do, right? Or or I can do, and I go off and I'll do those other things. Well, I want to suggest there's three things why it's vitally important that we craft a personal mission statement. First of all, it aids our personal clarity. Okay, you know, because it creates clarity when you write. It's laborious to write something really small, like you had several. Pages of mission statement? No, I'm just kidding. You had several sentences of your own. Oh, I had pages. <laughs> I had pages, and you only showed me sentences.
1: Yeah, that. that yeah, you got the funneled down version right. of
0: what I had. Yeah, absolutely. But it does take time to get, bring things down and oh. be concise. You know, Mark Twain once wrote a letter to his friend. He said, "I'm sorry this letter's so long, but I didn't have time to write a short one." <laughs> yep. right? So it does take time to do something short, and and that's where we want to give up because we don't want to have to think that hard sometimes. But it aids in our own clarity. Second is it guides our future decisions. Mm-hmm. As I said in the teaser to this episode, your most important decisions will center around your personal mission statement because it will be how you guide and steer the
1: resources of your life. Yep. Are you on target or off target? Yep. It's the same thing as the same process for a business or an organization or a church or a nonprofit. Exactly. It applies to you as well. Exactly. It's not any different. Exactly. In fact, I would say that it's
0: even more vital because Absolutely. God is going to hold you accountable for mm-hmm. the talents that he's given you. he's mm-hmm. going to hold me accountable for my talents. Right. And how do I spend those? And then third is it solidifies your identity and strengthens your resolve. You mm-hmm. know, when we know what our mission is and we know we're on target, it says something about who we are. And when the going gets tough, and it will get tough when it gets hard, we're less likely to give up mm-hmm. when we know that, when we have a clear sense of our mission. We won't wonder, am I supposed to be doing this? Because if we're wondering whether you're supposed to be doing it or not, you'll be more likely to give up. The downside of all this, of course, is if you don't do that, you're going to be confused. You're going to be motivated by other people's agenda. And you're going to give up before you experience success.
1: Yeah, I mean, just that one piece that you're saying of going to be motivated by other people's agenda. In the church world, I can't tell you how many times I would meet someone and they would be talking about how they helped another church plant. They were there for like a year, year and a half. And anyways, long story short, they were, they were talking about how disenfranchised they felt and disillusioned they were. But at the end of the conversation, I would always realize the pastor didn't do them any harm. The pastor didn't misguide them it was at the end of that process, they, I think they just realized that that church's mission or that pastor's mission wasn't their mission, but somehow, because they didn't know their own mission, they would put responsibility on whoever they were following. In the back of my head, I I always thought, why didn't you just figure that out in the beginning, that that's not the mission for your life, rather than getting mad at someone for pursuing theirs and being able to motivate you to follow along with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would give the pastor kudos, you know? Yeah, and it's a good question. But, you know, sometimes we have to
0: be confronted with somebody else's powerful mission, mm-hmm. and that's how we discover that it's not ours. Right. So then the question is, are we trying to shift somebody else's mission to look like ours, or mm-hmm. are we willing to own our own? Right. You know, and that happens both in the church world and the corporate business world as well. Oh, gosh, yeah. 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 So here's how we get started. First, start with action. Now, you're an action kind of guy. you like starting with action, right? Action Jackson over here. <laughs> action Jackson. <laughs> so pick a verb. Uh, any verb. You know, any verb will do. But yep. pick an action verb. Well, ac- verbs are action verbs. <laughs> but pick a pick a power verb if you can. Find those that you have affinity with. And you can do an internet search on verbs, or you can go to reinventure.me slash 15, and we'll have a link to a list of verbs that Mm -hmm. you can look at. Mm -hmm. So find some. You might see words that uh, pop out for you, like alleviate or compose or enlist or improve or present or reclaim or sell or any verb that you see that stands out to you identify that or write it down or circle it on the list and just keep it in the woodpile. That becomes the fuel for your mission statement. Mm -hmm. So you then narrow down your favorite from that list. Mine was rouse.
2: Hmm.
0: And it didn't happen to be one of the verbs that was on the list that we're going to share, but it was a verb that I liked because it it has this idea of to awaken and to motivate. Right, And I want to awaken in, in people their sense of mission for what they can do in, in their life and for the Lord. Which you do all the time. Which I love doing. And um, you might, for example, pick the words craft and engage. Those are two good words. Maybe that's part of your mission statement. So once you get your verbs, then the second step really is to stir in your talent. And uh, what are you good at? You know, mm-hmm. So you might find something that you're really, really good at. So for instance, if you pick the word craft and engage and you're good at storytelling... Uh, you might uh, start your sentence fragment to say my mission is to craft stories that engage mm. and uh, that gets you started on your mission statement but it raises the question of course
1: <laughs> right what am i good at yeah but okay, so here's here's my struggle with this is that we live in such a specialist obsessed culture and i i don't feel like i'm a specialist i feel like I do a lot, or I feel like I'm more of a generalist. And, I mean, you and I have had this conversation, yes. so how do how do we talk about that?
0: Yeah, and uh, it's it's great that you brought that up, because we do live in a specialist-obsessed culture, and it's a relatively a new phenomenon. It came about in the mid-20th century, hmm. and uh, you see it especially manifest in the healthcare community, where there's hyper-specialization <sighs> on every... S- single yeah. occupation within healthcare, yeah. but you're seeing it in all fields of study,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, especially in the sciences where there's a lot of specific disciplines that people are involved in.
2: Right.
0: Take a look at degree programs in colleges and there are a number of degrees that you can get on various fields or astronomically much higher now than they were in the mid 20th century. Mm-hmm prior to then it was actually esteemed for someone to have a variety of skills. Right. Now they're called a the Jack of all trades and good at none. Right. And so those of us who are generalists, uh, are less esteemed than those who are specialists. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference if you're a specialist or you're a generalist and the generalist is the one who will feel out of place because he's not esteemed as a specialist might and has an extra difficult time putting a personal mission statement together Mm. because a specialist goes, this is the subject matter I love. And my personal mission statement is around that mission. Mm. And God bless you because you're, you know, you know what it is that you're on fire about. You can Mm -hmm. name it to a specific topic. You can get a degree in it and an advanced degree and you can do whatever you want with it. But those of us who have a more generalist skills have to exercise a different kind of mastery. So if you think about a specialist being a vertical master, those who are generalists think about it as being a horizontal mastery. So we have skills that can be used in a variety of disciplines. Mm-hmm. they there are perhaps less specialized skills in yep. leadership and organization and uh, administration and even finance and some other things that are more in general uh, categories, now, it's my contention or mean that this is going to swing the other way because there's so much happening right now in terms of specialization and just look at how much has to happen with the explosion of data that is being created every day, right? and it's driving that specialization, and no one can keep up. The generalists are the aggregators of specialists, and I believe that that is going to be an ascendant skill in the future that mm-hmm. will be very much in demand. Yeah. I could even point out
1: industries right now but I won't.
0: Yeah. So I think when you're creating your mission statement if you're a generalist like you and I are, we right. have to look at more general kinds of applications of that and not feel devalued because we can't, you know, drill down to a specific specialist right. area.
1: Exactly. And people a lot of times people don't even know what to do with us, you know, when you get caught into a big organization then they just think what do I do with you? You don't have a specialty.
0: Yeah, and if you don't have your personal mission statement, you don't know what to do with yourself either. That's true, too.
1: <laughs> Touche.
0: So the third step after you've stirred in your talent, even whether it's a vertical mastery or horizontal mastery, is to find your patch. Mm-hmm. You know, We're all here to work a part of the field. And what field is that? Now I'm talking about the same kind of thing in terms of mastery. Now I'm talking about who. Who do we serve? Right. Who lights us up? What group of people do you like to work with? So for in that example that we were talking about before, where my mission is to craft stories that engage, well, it might depend on who you like to engage. Mm-hmm. So it could be my mission is to craft stories that engage older generations to invest in younger,
2: hmm.
0: or engage children to overcome fear, or that engage my local community to become involved in a homeless shelter. Right. And there's all kinds of things that you can craft your your mission statement around. Yeah. And it can change over time. But when we write it, it's good to let it sit there and, and incubate for a while. You know, let it uh, let it just sit and, and journal about it and think about it. How long were you incubating your mission statement before you shared it with me?
1: Oh, gosh, that was revision 146,058. I don't know. I mean, it, it was years before I actually narrowed it down that long So or that, that succinctly. So, yeah, by the time you got it, it was – yeah, it was – iteration i don't know number and realistically i would say iteration number 40 something okay yeah
0: and it took me several years to do mine as well and in fact i've gone through several significant iterations of my mission statement and i'm guessing that it will change even as i go through additional phases in my life i don't think the mission statement necessarily always remains the same. right the vision for your life can, but the right. mission statement might change as you go through different seasons. But when I crafted my mission statement, after I let it sit for a while and I felt like I was getting close to something that was true for me, I decided to get some help from my friends, those who knew
1: me. So this is after you created a list of verbs. Yep. Actually, right?
0: after I created this, the kind of rough draft of the mission statement.
1: Okay, so th- so this isn't just like the list of verbs, the the list of talents that you have. This is this is actually. I, I tried cons- to craft it together. Actually, had I think at the time I
0: went out to socialize this with my friends, I had two or three different versions. Okay,
1: okay, yeah, cool. I just but I clarify. never showed
0: them what I wrote. Oh, that's the important thing. Okay, I never showed them my draft mission statement, but what I did show them were my verbs. So, I showed them the verbs that I had. And I said, um, and, and so I asked some questions. I'll, we'll put these in the show notes too. Uh, but I asked some questions for them. And, and, and I picked some people that knew me in a variety of settings hmm. because to just focus on one setting would not be a complete picture for myself. So, I had people in my corporate setting, had people in my ministry setting, I had family members all uh, speaking about seven people that I asked to give me specific input. Hmm. So the first question I asked them was, what are the talents, skills, and gifts that you've noticed in me? I asked them to list as many as they can, but at least three. Hmm. You know, if you don't say at least three, they'll maybe just give you one and consider the assignment done. Yeah. But it's usually the second or third that caused them to think, and that's really the ones you want to get at. The second question I asked was, which of these is most evident to you and how? You know, so I'm forcing them to think through not just to give me a quick response but to really think through this. Yeah. And then which do you think I should develop more and why? Wow. So that was that was really helpful for me. And then the one question I really liked uh where I got some really interesting feedback on was if I were to move to another region of the country and 2 years from now you were to hear something that I did, what might be mentioned that would not surprise you?
1: Oh, I love that. I love that question. Yeah, so it was just the idea
0: that I'm gone, you're going to see me a couple years from now, and I'm going to tell you something about happened in my life, and you go, that's exactly what I would expect of you. I love that. And it's a nice way to get them to think uh, a little bit differently. And then I did give them the verb list, and I said, uh, which of the following verbs do you think best describe me, and let me know what you think are the top three and the ones that you think are the best fit. And I asked them also to give me any others that might come to mind. Hmm. Now, you have to have friends that are willing to saddle up beside you to do this, and I wasn't exactly sure how my friends would react. In some ways, asking them to sound off on your life feels a little bit narcissistic, you know, yeah. that it's all about me. I did not get one person express anything other than delight to be able to do it. And yeah. In fact, I had one friend who wrote me like three pages of stuff that he saw in me And I was just really overwhelmed by his generosity in comments to me. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And you don't need to feel narcissistic when you are figuring out what God is wanting to do with your life.
1: That actually makes me mad that we have to give that disclaimer. Honestly, I feel like if you have friends in your life and you're sitting here trying to come up with a vision and mission for your life, they should be excited To help you so that they can have a friend that knows exactly what they're here to do, how they want to get there and where there is. I love being around people who know what they're here to do and what they're trying to accomplish. And I love being surrounded by people who are on mission rather than floundering. And I know there's always phases in life that you're floundering, but I love people who are on mission because they motivate you and inspire you. So if I ever, le- I mean, even if my friends, I am happy to, and I know if I were to throw it to my friends, they would be happy to. And if they were having a problem with it, I would check that friendship really quickly. <laughs> like, why? Well, I don't know if well, this is a... I yield the floor to your passion. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, I mean, if uh, what is friendship for if you can't help your people? Well, exactly right.
0: And and yet, it's such a rare thing, Armin. And I think in many ways, we feel that we can't ask that of our friends, that yeah. it's too focused on ourselves. And yet it is mandated for us, if we're going to live our lives with intentionality and we're going to live our lives fully expressing the gifting that God has in us, we have to get feedback from our community. We have to shape our personal mission statement. We have to get feedback from our community. Yeah.
1: And there shouldn't be any apologies. Yeah. Just in the way you describe that. I just I love your passion. What 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 is that saying? You said it before, you're you're the sum average of your five closest friends or something. Jim Rohn, yeah. He said you're the average of the five people you hang around with the most. Yeah. I want to bring that
0: average up. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. 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 So when you develop your mission statement, put it in front of your friends or with these questions and then use that to cultivate your your mission statement and, and put it on for a while. Uh, try it out. Come up with ideas to this question. What would someone do with this mission? You know in mm-hmm. fact, that's a great question to ask your friends after you've cultivated your mission statement is then throw it back at them and say, yeah. "If you had this mission, what would you do with it and that yeah. would be a great great way to do that. Oh absolutely. well, our challenge me for today is
1: <laughs> I wonder if they can get this one yeah you you <laughs> tee it up <laughs> well, uh. I mean, this might come as a shock, but here's the Challenge Me segment for today. It is write your mission statements. Bam. That's what this whole show is about. So hopefully that's an acceptable challenge. There's nothing like doing a how-to show and then putting up the challenge to say, well, let's do it. (laughs) Predictable and obvious, but hey.
0: Well, you'll find the show notes at reinventure.me slash one five that will walk you through the steps to creating your personal mission statement. We'll hope you take some time to do that. I want to announce something now that is coming up. Actually, we're announcing it today, the Dream Intensive Mastermind. The Dream Intensive Mastermind is a group of six that I'll be leading through over the next three months uh, every other week through a 90-minute video conference where we're going to talk about how to take your dream and move it down the path in a very significant way. Hmm. So if you are very serious about making a change now in your life, and you want to make that change in a very robust way, then I invite you to apply to become part of the Dream Intensive Mastermind. And you can find out all the information about that at www.dreamintensive.com slash mastermind. Well, if you like this episode, would you leave a review for us on iTunes or Stitcher and tell your friends? You can get uh, directly to the iTunes link at reinventure.me slash iTunes or to Stitcher at reinventure.me slash Stitcher. We'd also love to field your comments or questions on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash Me or at our website or call our number 612-314-5447. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope that you found it useful. And next week, we're going to talk about how to amp up networking. So we hope you can be part of that show as well. <laughs> Never stop becoming what you should be. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts,
2: Larry Gates and Amina Sot.